0: Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at Shopify.com/free22. Shopify.com/free22.
2: Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L. Jay LaFura, and we are a belly up sports podcast. We are what they are, and we are here vibing with you because you are vibing with us. Brandon's stuck in work this evening, so I'm going to take you through some of the big stuff going on right now. And let's start with easily the number one story in the world right now of sports: Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended 80 games for violating the performance enhancing drug policies. Um, basically. He recently had tested positive on a drug test for the drug Close to Ball. This will be an 80 game suspension, which means he will miss the entirety of this season, which he was just about to come back and start playing for. We're talking, you know, maybe a week, two weeks left to his rehab before he would get going for the Padres here. And not only will he miss the entirety of this season now, but he'll miss the first 30 games, I believe, uh, maybe a little bit more of next season. So you're basically talking the first month and a half of next season. We also won't t- hear from Fernando Tatis Jr. I am going to, yeah, move on, of course, to his statement, quote, I've been informed by Major League Baseball that a test sample I submitted returned a positive result for Clusterball, a banned substance. It turns out that I took inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained close to ball, I should have used the resources available to me in order to ensure that no barred, banned substances were in what I took. I failed to do so. I want to apologize to owner Pete Seidler, president of baseball operations, AJ Preller, the entire Padres organization, my teammates, Major League Baseball, and fans everywhere for my mistake. I have no excuse for my error, and I would never do anything to cheat or disrespect this game I love. I am completely devastated. There is nowhere else in the world I would rather be than on the field competing with my teammates. I look forward to rejoining my teammates on the field in 2023." Meanwhile, the Padres released their own statement, quote, we were surprised and extremely disappointed to learn today that Fernando Tatis Jr. tested positive for a performance-enhancing substance in violation of Major League Baseball's Joint prevention and treatment program. Subsequently, received an eighty-game suspension without pay. We fully support the program and are hopeful that Fernando will learn from this experience. Let's start with the negative. Um, there, of course, you know we we know so little at this point, other than what he, of course, tested for and his suspension level. We don't know much more in terms of his actual situation. No real concrete proof either way in terms of whether he intended to do this or not but let's look at the look at the negative side first speculative speculative reasoning would say if he did this on purpose it was clearly you know this guy should not be a face of the league going forward he here's a guy who he's coming back from a wrist injury there's no real justification for using it for return from injury like there's no strength that necessarily needs to get built up from a wrist injury that's more something that you would see guys feeling desperate and wanting to try something like that in a situation where you know you do something to your knee or another or bicep even or somewhere you need to rebuild that strength rebuild that muscle mass and if you're ever going to get back to the level that you were at or continue to that level Again, this is pure spe- speculation, but if he were doing this on purpose, you're talking about a situation where he's saying, oh, I have all the, I have this time on my hands. I can probably get this through my system if I use it for a little bit here and now before I have to start, you know, really getting back into drug testing really before I get back on the field where it's going to be more noticeable and harder to do. So let's take this opportunity while I have it. I, however, do think that's unlikely, mostly, partially because, you know, everyone should be believed before until they're proven other, otherwise, but his story largely lines up when you look into things close to uh, close is of course, you know, it's a pretty wide known drug in terms of doping performance, hands drugs, all of that. I believe if my research is correct, It has been a part of a couple of Olympic scandals. I believe one with East Germany. This is also the same stuff that was involved in the Freddie Galvis and Dee Gordon situations. Um, Plenty of other athletes across the last couple of years have also been linked to it. But most importantly, I am going to uh, point out here how easily his story lines up. And especially how quickly, um, in Mexico, clostebol is marketed out there for any, but not necessarily. I'm not sure if for anybody like over the counter, but it is a drug usable in Mexico under the name trofodermin. Excuse me if I'm not saying any of these correctly and totally butchering it. But trofodermin is effectively it is a drug used. Treat inflammation, redness, and itching caused by a number of skin conditions. What is a skin condition? Ringworm. And so ultimately, I can definitely see the situation where you know a young friend Tatis has a friend, has a trusted adult who happens to have it or knows that it works. And so he's like, Yeah, give it to me because I just want to get over this. Thinks doesn't think anything of it. Next thing you know. This comes up as a part of it, and those are the consequences of those actions. That's pretty common with a lot of these guys, especially with it being such an international game where certain things are a little, much more acceptable in other parts of the world than they are in the US. And so you don't really know, and you don't really understand that or grasp that. And this is a very childish, very silly mistake on his part there. Let me emphasize there too just because i'm saying i buy his story does not mean he isn't responsible for his actions i am by no means i honestly i'm completely against limiting the suspension in any way shape or form just as he has agreed um not in that clip that i was saying but he has agreed he's not going to appeal the suspension because it is his mistake this is clearly a man of high high character with low thought and that's not something you can have at the face of your franchise. And AJ Preller is really starting to voice his overall opinion on that. Earlier, he says, over the course of the last six or seven months, I think trust has been something that we really haven't been able to have. Of course, you know, you have the whole situation with the motorbike accident that breaks the wrist. And all this really starts the spiral. And now all of a sudden you are without this guy that you've paid a lot of money this star player who the team relies on, the team counts on, the fans count on, and your playoff hopes largely rest with, isn't going to be here not only for this season but the start of next season now too. He will have effectively, as far as I'm concerned, missed almost two years at this point because with all of his injury issues last year, the move out to right field, all that adjustment – he may have been good at the back half of last year, but he wasn't the great Fernando Tatis that you were expecting. He had this was his, This should, at the beginning of this season, should have been his opportunity to settle back into that role as one of the faces of baseball. And that physically can't happen when all of this is going on. And you're, you're, this is what you're dealing with. And all of this is dealt with entirely because of him. He is kind of turning into the reason that you don't, a perfect example of why you don't give out these contracts very early on. You know, a lot of these ones, yes, they work. Guys like Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies, all these guys who haven't had problems, works perfectly fine. Then there's the other guys who aren't necessarily emotionally mature enough to make this long-term investment in them. Guys like Fernando Tatis, who could end up being significantly more of a headache and problem for the organization then they end up providing the value. And that's not something that a team should have to deal with just because a guy's talented. There's plenty of other guys too who, you know, they don't pan out. Part of why they don't pan out is because the work ethic isn't there because of age and immaturity. And that's really something we 100% can, you know, learn from these types of situations that maybe these buying out the ARB years and all of these uh, team-friendly contracts are always the best move, and you really have to be careful when pulling out stuff like that. But the last thing I really want to say here is where does this affect his legacy? I don't think necessarily the fact that he's being suspended for PEDs is going to affect his legacy that much, especially with how plausible his alibi is here. I think the being away from baseball for practically two years, as far as I'm concerned, is what's going to kill his legacy. And it's going to kill his legacy, not because it's freak injuries, because plenty of guys have missed huge amounts of time because of freak injuries and their counting stats get affected by that, but no one cares because they see how good he is. What people are going to see here is the immaturity and the fact that as far as I'm concerned, you can make a case for every single issue that's happened in Fernando Tatis's career being his fault. You know, this is a stretch, granted, but he doesn't, ha- doesn't have to play as hard as he does. He doesn't have to take as many risks out in the field as he was doing, and that largely could have prevented some of the time lost on the field in 2021. Turn to this year, you know, he should not be going around so crazily, wildly, with these, bi- these bikes, bikes, he had multiple accidents on and clearly didn't learn the lesson, ultimately breaking his wrist and losing him most of the season. And at this age, as plausible as it is and how many times we've seen it, I can understand how it happens, but you still need to know what's going into your body. You are the face of a franchise. You are the one of the faces of the league. You have to understand that you're going to be held in high regard. You're always will be held in higher regard for the rest of your career, no matter what. And you need to be in better control and better lined up with what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. There needs to be more thought and more maturity from this man for him to be as successful as he 100% should be. And he's going to be held to all of this for as long as long as he lives. This isn't necessarily him, again, I I repeat, isn't him wanting to make the poor decision. I think this is him being too much of a kid and not growing up quick enough, and now it's really starting to hurt him. But we will move on. There are other things to talk about, as I think I did a good 10, 12 minutes on that at least here. Um, I could be completely wrong with my timing, but... Either way, let's move to our first bit of Little League World Series action. We haven't gotten to talk about much yet. We, of course, as always, will pick up that coverage much more heavily when we get to the actual World Series once we've gotten to see a little bit more of these teams and get that idea. But there is a big story from tonight, and that is from the, honestly, the game of the day. And we were all kind of, I think, expecting this as it's Massapequa, New York, Versus Tom's River, New Jersey, going at it for the uh, what is this even anymore? They redid the these division, these regions, um, the New York region, <laughs> final the Metro region. Excuse me, is what it's now called. They win it, and they win it in epic fashion. As excuse me, as I try to find the name, Joey Leonetti, throws a no hitter against the famed Tom's river, New Jersey team, which of course, I believe, yeah, this was last year was their last, last run to the little league world series. This is a team that's been there multiple, multiple times and has some big names coming out of that program. So this is David versus Goliath, and this is a crazy David versus Goliath dominance in the performance to no hit this team To get that 4 0 win and send New York for the first time in a long time to the Little League World Series. This is a fun game to watch. I can't wait to go back and watch it. Uh, I definitely recommend you guys do too. And please check out more Little League World Series. You have no clue what stars you're going to be watching right now. I'm going to jump over to two games here, real quick the Brewers and the Cardinals. And With yet another Cardinals win as this team that pours right back into that late season form from last year. They are now two and a one and a half games ahead of the Brewers for the division with a 3-1 win tonight between two really strong. I mean, on most teams, you're talking about this being Lauer being a two. This guy's like maybe the four or five on this team. But he goes up against a very similar guy here in Jordan Montgomery, the new ad for the St. Louis Cardinals. Jordan Montgomery clearly wins this duel as he goes six innings, allows four hits, and strikes out eight batters while pitching a shutout. Lauer allows three earned runs over as many innings, two of them off the long ball from Goldschmidt and Arenado. And that ultimately is what settles it here. Just a fantastic pitching matchup in a very, very important series. I'd say the two most important series of the weekend are definitely going to be Philly, New York and Milwaukee, St. Louis here. And these are both off already off to terrific, terrific starts. Where I actually want to go next though is Boston where the Red Sox continue to add on to this tough, tough stretch. I believe it's one in seven stretch for the New York Yankees on this road trip as they fall in extra innings two to three. Garrett Whitlock gets the win. I believe he went two innings in relief. Yes. He pitched the ninth and the 10th for the Red Sox after Nathan Eovaldi goes six innings, allowing two earned three strikeouts. Domingo Herman allows one earned over six innings. And ultimately what it comes down to is Clay Holmes absolutely going out there, losing all control. He allows three runners to get on and one to score in one-third of an inning. Clearly blows the save here in the ninth to get the Red Sox back in it. They go ahead and tack on the 10th inning run to walk it off. This is just me. You know, I'm not going to go in here. I could come out here cracking the jokes. You know, uh, the Yankees are famished for a win here in Boston as they drop the first game of the series, stuff like that. But even if Brandon was here, that's not necessarily my goal here to talk about. I'm here to talk about how stupid this Yankees setup is. This whole, if if they're not just falling apart, if they truly are playing the long game and thinking that they can tank August in order to stay healthy and rest up for the late push, it is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. because. One, really, actually, though, there's really only one reason, excuse me, I don't need a list here. Guys can't mentally handle this, whether they know it or not. If there is any question within the dugout of whether this is happening or not, that then becomes a very, you know, does the team really care about us? Does the team care about our success? That gets in guys' heads. That creates performance issues. And if they do know that the organization doesn't care about this, they're just caring about resting up because the team's already made the playoffs, that complacency never bodes well. And it is showing big time as the Yankees now are tied for the league, league lead in walk-off losses. And they have the most losses by the bullpen since the all-star break in the major leagues. They have nine losses, Added to their bullpen alone this last month and a half, month. Yeah, month between now and the All Star break. Nine of those losses in the last month have gone on the bullpen. And it's just, it's been a tough scene. I mean, you know, I don't think Lou Trevino's necessarily been that big an ad. Clay Holmes has looked awful over the last three weeks. You know, there hasn't been a situation I feel like where I've really looked went out there and looked and said, I'm comfortable with what Clay Holmes brings to the table. So he's not the only guy here. There's plenty of guys you can pick out. And yes, there's guys out there like Ron Marinaccio, who you could bring in and make this bullpen a lot better, but they're not. Either way, you are setting this team up with with the complacency or with the questioning of team authority. You are setting this team up to be in a bad run of form when they will sorely need it in September and particularly in October because skids like this don't pick back up and turn around to being the team that the Yankees were a month ago that quickly. You know, this is going to take some time to build out of a, a skid like this. You can't just so brazenly expect that you're just going to be able to turn it on whenever you want to. That's not how baseball works. And I would rather keep the pedal down and get burned in the end of the season, then watch my own passive style screw the whole thing over. But that will end things today. Please make sure that you follow us on all of our socials at MLB Daily Pod, and we will see you manana.
0: This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth turkey for 40 or a Murray's baked brie for two, Bakers has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply.
1: Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to 5 times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone.